Um, we are in a series right now called Strings, and this is part three of Strings. We've tackled a couple things so far, and tonight we're going to go into it even further. And at the end of the day, we just to set this up and, and what this series is about, is there is something controlling you and there's something controlling me. And we find out in the Bible, and then we see when we really look at our lives, that sin controls us. Sin has a way of making us do certain things, a lot like the girl in the video, right? The puppet. She's getting controlled by things. Things are making her do certain things, say certain things. Sin makes us do the same thing. And so we're asking the question throughout this series, what is controlling you? What specific sin is controlling you? What specific sins are controlling you? Because something is trying to. And something is. And something is making you do the things that you do. So, last week, we talked about guarding our hearts. And how important it is to guard our hearts. Because out of our hearts flows everything. The things we say, the things we do. I mean, the heart is kind of the core of who we are. And so, we read last week that a lot of bad stuff can come out of our hearts. If we let it. If we fall into sin... Sin comes out. And so guarding our hearts is a huge thing, and it's even a part of what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. But tonight specifically, we're going to get into the idea of selfishness. Because all of us are wired up to be selfish. Anybody in here know that you're selfish? Okay, good. A lot of you know that about yourself already. And some of you maybe don't, but, and all of us are varying degrees of selfish, but at the end of the day, we all struggle with this. We all have this as a part of our DNA as people. We look out for number one, and we see it even as a little kid, right? I mean, even two, three, four years old, we see it. My son's two, okay? Or he's about to be two in like a couple weeks. And so he's got this, this little thing he pushes around. We call it Mr. Duck because it's a duck on a stick. And his feet are wheels that have little rubber flaps on them like a duck. So it, as he pushes it, it flaps as he pushes it. And it's, it's really cute to watch him push it and all that stuff. Everybody at the grocery store when he's pushing is like, oh, it's so cute. It's like, yeah, he, he's, he is cute. It's cute. But if anybody tries to touch Mr. Duck... Or take Mr. Duck away. Bad things happen. This kid goes ballistic. This kid goes like to another level that I'm not used to seeing. I mean, he goes crazy. I mean, if another kid came up to Mr. Duck and tried to push Mr. Duck and Coop was around, it ain't going to fly. Like that is not going to happen. Like he's going to take Mr. Duck And he's going to run the other way away from whoever just took Mr. Duck away. Or he's going to take Mr. Duck and use Mr. Duck as a weapon. Okay? He's going to start whacking people with Mr. Duck. You will not take Mr. Duck! I mean, he's intense about Mr. Duck. So we have to work on this with him. Right? Because it's all about him and Mr. Duck. He's not big on sharing Mr. Duck. And, And that's how all of us are. Like, you know growing up as a kid... You, you're, you're hanging out with your friends and, you know, you have a plate of cookies and it gets down to the last cookie. You're going to fight for the cookie. Like, you want the cookie. 
As a kid, you're not thinking, well, I've had two and they've had one, so I should probably let them have the second one. Are you thinking that way as a kid? No, you're thinking, I want the cookie. It's got sugar and chocolate and I want it. I love cookies. We're all little cookie monsters as kids. I mean, we just, I mean, we we eat them. And we don't care about anything else or anybody else because we're looking out for us. We're all this way. We all think about us first. Now, here's the thing, though. We all do it as kids, and sometimes it's cute. Like, even when Cooper doesn't want to give up Mr. Duck, it's like, oh, that's still kind of cute. He just loves his Mr. Duck. That's so cute. Now, if Cooper gets to be 12 or 13, and he's still pushing around Mr. Duck, and somebody tries to take Mr. Duck, and he won't give Mr. Duck up, and he pitches a fit because of it, is it cute anymore? Nah. If you guys in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade are still being selfish like little kids, is it cute anymore? No, it ain't cute. If me, as a 30-something-year-old dude, is being selfish and not giving up the cookies, is it cute anymore? No, it ain't cute. That's actually really sad. Like, if I'm stealing cookies from kids because I want the cookies, that's messed up, man. It's not cool. So selfishness is an issue for all of us, and we all start off really selfish. And at some point, the switch has to be flipped with us of, hey, the world does not revolve around me. Hey, this isn't all about me. Hey, I'm not better than anybody else. And and so something has to get that switch flipped. And and hopefully it happens sooner rather than later. Because you don't want to be that person that's like, dude, that's the selfish person. That's the selfish kid. That's the one I don't want to hang out with because all they care about is themselves. And you guys know who those people are. And some of you might be those people and you don't even realize it. But like I said, all of us struggle with this in some way or another. Now, in James chapter 3, verse 14 through 16, this is what it says. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where... You have envy and self-ambition. There you find disorder and every evil practice. And there's a lot of things that I want to point out from, from these verses. Because there's a lot of good stuff in here to help us with selfishness. And uh, here's, here's a couple of them. Number one is it starts where? In your heart. Being selfish starts in your heart. We talked about that last week. All this negative stuff that sometimes we can see in our life. Sin popping up in our life. It starts in our heart. That's where it comes from. So if you're struggling with selfishness, it's a heart issue. And like we said last week, you've got to guard your heart. So that's number one. Number two, if you are selfish, don't brag about it. Have you seen people do this? And maybe you've done this. Like, it's like, man, uh, you know, I really want that particular boy or girl to go out with me and there might be some other person that you know that likes that particular girl or boy and it's like I don't even care about them I'm all fair in love and war okay so I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do to make sure that guy or girl likes me right because it's all about me so I'm gonna make that other person look as bad as I can and I'm gonna make myself look as good as I can 
And I don't care if I hurt their feelings. I don't care about any of that. Because that girl or that guy is going to be You know what I'm saying? Like, we can get in that mode, not just about guys and girls. We can get in that mode about all kinds of stuff, right? We can get in that mode about clothes. We can get in that mode with our our brother or our sister. We can get in that mode with our best friends sometimes where it's like, I don't care about you right now. I just care about me, and I'm proud of it. It's like, ha, ha, (laughs) And then if somebody calls you on it, they're like, man, you're so selfish. It's like, yeah, I am. And it's like you're proud of it. Don't be proud of it. And you're like, why? Because the Bible says don't be proud of it. And the Bible's a big deal. So, number three. It's not wise. And I think this is kind of the moment where we all say, duh. So say duh with me on three. One, two, three. Duh. It's not wise, obviously. I mean, to be selfish is not cool. It's not a good thing. Sometimes we can make it think it's a good thing, all right? I mean, we can think that it is a good thing. We can be like, well... I mean, I, I guess I could give some of my money that I got in my pocket to my friend who needs lunch money right now because they don't have enough. And, you know, I got like extra money for Skittles later. So I could totally, I guess, hook them up. But I really need those Skittles. Like if I don't get those Skittles at the end of the day, like I got no energy and I'm so tired and I don't want to do homework. And you start coming up with all these reasons why you shouldn't give your friend lunch money, right? And you rationalize it in your head and you figure out some way to not give them the lunch money. And we do that with all kinds of stuff. It's like, I could really help this person right now, but I really need to do this, 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 and this. And we come up with all these reasons why we shouldn't do it. And we find reasons to be selfish all the time. All the time. You know, I got like 20 minutes to spare right now. I got nothing to do. I finished my homework. I've already had dinner. I could totally clean my room right now. But... There's this TV show on right now. Um, I haven't talked to my friend in like 15 minutes, so I should probably call her again. Um, And you come up with all these reasons why you shouldn't do it. I mean, there's all these things that we can come up with to make it okay for us to be selfish. And we do it all the time with a lot of different things. Because every day we have opportunities to be unselfish And we also have opportunities to be selfish. And usually we rationalize our way into being selfish. That's just kind of our default, right? And so it's not a wise thing. It's not a good thing, even though we can make us think it's a good thing sometimes. That's why that verse says it's not wisdom. It's not wisdom from heaven. It's not like God is saying, you know, you should keep all your money for yourself and never share with anyone. And if you get that huge pack of Skittles, you shouldn't give anyone to give anybody else a Skittle and taste the rainbow. Um, God's not saying those things. And if he says something about tasting a rainbow, that's, that's just weird. Okay, so number four. It is at the core of evil practices, this verse says. Now that, that part kind of, I was kind of taken back when I read that part. I'm like, so like when we see evil stuff in the world, the core of that is selfishness? And the more I thought about it, I'm like, that's, that's kind of true. And then I kept thinking, because I don't do it a lot, so when I do it, I kind of get on a roll with it. And, and I was like, well, it is the Bible. I mean, God's not going to be wrong. God wrote the Bible. I don't know if you knew that. So, so when I say the Bible says something, it's God saying something. And so when he says something like this, it's true because he's saying it and he knows everything. So 
let me ask you this question, and this is another duh kind of question, but is all that true about selfishness? Yeah, because we got it all from those verses. So if all those things are true, it's not wise. It, it isn't cool to do that. It's, selfishness is at the core of evil things, and it starts in our heart. If all these things are true about it, then it should make us want to ask this next question, which is, so how can we not be so selfish, right? How can we not be selfish? How can we combat this? Well, there's some more verses that talk about that. And they're in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And it says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or uh, vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So this verse is talking about what we just talked about, selfishness. And then the way to combat it is right there in verse 4, towards the end of verse 3 and and verse 4. And so we see that the cure for selfishness is right in the middle and it's humility. Humility is not talked about a ton, usually. But humility is this, and I I looked it up because I like to define things when we're talking about specific words. And humility, it, it means meekness or modesty in behavior, attitude, or spirit. Not arrogant or prideful. So, if you're like, what is meekness? It's, it, it's kind of, look at the rest of the definition and that's kind of meekness as well. Meekness is not being that person that's just like all about themselves, all up in their face, think, all up in your face thinking that they're awesome, thinking that they're the bomb. God's gift to humanity is them. It's not that person. To be humble is to be the opposite of that. To be humble is to realize who you really are is the way I like to think of it. Because is anyone in this room better than anybody else? I think we all know the head, head answer, which is no, none of us are. But some of us think we are. Some of us think we're better than other people. And because of that, we act differently towards some people. Like if we think somebody's beneath us, then we put our needs ahead of that person. If we think they're not as cool as us, or they're not as important as us, we put our needs above their needs. And then, that makes us selfish. Because we're worried about us and not them. But humility says, no, 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 they're not less important than me. We're the same important. There's, there's not one more important than the other. Humility says, I get who I am, and it's not that I'm better than you. Humility gets that selfishness is not a good thing. Humility gets that selfishness hurts people. And ultimately it hurts us. So a humble person is somebody who is not boasting about themselves, is not thinking, hey, I'm amazing and I'm awesome and trying to get everybody to look at them and think they're awesome too. Being humble is being the opposite. Of those things. Now, there's more things in, in those verses that we want to talk about. And it's the idea of putting people ahead of yourself as far as you thinking of the interests of things. Like, you can think of your interests first, like, how does this benefit me, number one? And then number two is, how is this going to benefit maybe somebody else? 
But this verse is kind of flipping it on its head. It's saying, no, 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 no. Put, put the question, kind of turn it around and ask, who, how can you help somebody else? Like, what's going to be the interest for somebody else first? And then how does it help you? Second. And we see God kind of trying to teach us this all the time. We see it in marriage. Marriage, the whole idea is two people coming together, bringing their lives together, committing to each other to put who over themselves? God is number one, and then who? The other person. You don't hear people in their vows say, I promise to put myself above my wife in all things. And if there's any ice cream left in the freezer, I promise to eat it before her. And if the trash needs to be taken out and we're both already in bed, I promise to make her do it. It's not, no, you don't hear those kind of things. Marriage is not about being selfish. Marriage is about putting the other person first. And marriage is meant to draw us closer to who? God. It's meant to help us be more like Jesus. It's meant to help us in our relationship with God. Marriage is not meant to distract us from God or to deter us from God or to be anti-God or anything like that. It's only meant to help it and to help us be more like his son, Jesus. And so if that's what marriage is for, he's trying to teach us something in marriage, but he's also trying to teach us something in life in general. And that is that we need to put other people before ourselves. It's not easy. Because like we said, we're wired up for us. We're wired up to think, I'm going to get the last cookie. That's my Mr. Duck. Don't mess with him. That's how we think. That's That's what we do with everything. Anything we love or are interested in, it's all about us first and everybody else second, third, fourth, maybe even 15th. I don't know. It doesn't make sense, does it? But we're number one is how we think of it. But this verse is saying, so in humility, we look to help others first before ourselves and not the other way around. And that is how we start to combat selfishness. Realizing who we are, we're not better than anybody else. And then in light of that, putting other people's needs ahead of our own. To where we even get to the point where if we have lunch money, And somebody else doesn't have lunch money, we're thinking, man, I'm going to give this person my lunch money so they can eat. Because you're worried about who? Them. And not you first. I'm not saying give your lunch money away every day and you never eat again. I'm not saying that. But your thought process changes. The way you think about actions and things throughout the day changes. You're thinking about other people more than you're thinking about yourself. And that is what God is asking us to do. And he's calling us to. And this is what we call being selfless. So we have selfish, which is all about us, me. And then we have selfless, which is all about everyone else. It's about trying to focus on you less. It's an easy way to think of it. That's why we underline the less part. It's like self, less. Like less of this. I need to worry about less of me. Worry about less me, more others. And in doing that, it helps us to be more and more 
like the people God's called us to be. Which, coincidentally, is a lot like this guy. His name starts with a J, ends with a Jesus. Yes! Jesus! The more we think about others and put them first, the more we look like the people God made us to be, which is more like Jesus. So this is awesome. Being selfless is a big part of being Jesus to this world. Which is what God calls us to be. And so if we're being controlled by this, these, these strings of selfishness, right? We're, everything we do is about us. How is this going to help me? How does this benefit me? How does this affect me? Me, 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 me. The key to cutting those cords and changing that thought process is to become selfless. Focus on me less. Focus on you less. Start looking at other people. Realize who you are and who other people are. That there's no one better than another person. That you're not like worthy of more attention or worthy of more stuff or worthy of anything better than anybody else because we're all on the same level. And so nobody is deserving of being selfish. Nobody is deserving of it all being about them. The only one who is worthy of that is who? Jesus. Jesus. God. He's the only one who's worthy of that. None of us are. I don't care how good you are at a sport. I don't care how many A's you've had on your report card. I don't care how many times you've cleaned your room. It doesn't matter. You're not good enough for us to all worry about what's going to benefit you. And if we all start to be selfless in here and start to do these things that are about others and putting others before us and we do them with a humble spirit and we're doing it to, to not be about us but to, to be about others, it, it can start to be contagious. Selflessness is contagious. Have you ever had somebody do something for you nice? And then you're like, well, somebody did something for me nice, so I should like do something for somebody else nice. It's weird how that works, but sometimes it happens like if I'm out on the road and I'm driving. I heard one of the worship leaders say say this earlier. Like if they're on the road driving and somebody lets them out, it's a busy road and they let them turn in front of them. They're like, oh, that was really nice. And so not even five minutes later, they let somebody else out when it's busy street. It's not even something you think about. You just do it. When you're at school and somebody does something nice for you, it makes you think, oh, well, how can I do something nice for somebody else? And so selflessness is something that can catch on. Other people can start to do it and it can change the culture. It can change your school. It can change your classroom. It can change what's going on around you. And so my challenge to you tonight is to cut the cord of selfishness by being humble and being selfless. Not because it's my challenge, it's because that's God's challenge to all of us. And so I saw this, this video that kind of illustrated this in a, a pretty cool way. And so I want to end with this just as a picture of what this can look like. 
being selfless and just doing small things, putting other people first. Because that's what God's calling all of us to. And my prayer for you and, and for me and for the leaders and really for all of us is that we would all start to be more selfless and more about others than we are about ourselves. Because that's what makes us more like Jesus. Jesus.